really quickly before we get into this podcast. It is going to be a long one, and it is going to be a wild one. Uh, I'm just going to leave it there. This is as close to... I, I said this on Tuesday's show, but... This is as close to a old school play-by-play podcast with any without any of the members of the original play-by-play crew. So it is just fantastic, off the hinges, wild. Enjoy. This should be played at high volume. You're listening Not us. to the Grind Hours podcast. You can either have the money and a hammer or you can walk out of here. You can't have both. I don't even. I, I have to do a better job at knowing where the, my guys, the guys that I actually talk to on a regular basis that come on this podcast, what they actually do and what their positions are. But it's Austin Santiago. I know you work for CBS. I know you work for the, the CBS Evening News, but I don't know your exact job title. Um, so that's I'm already starting oh for one on this podcast in my mind. How are you doing, Austin? I'm doing well, man. I'm doing well. Always happy to be back. Uh, I'm what's called a broadcast associate. So we're just helping the show come together every night, uh, informing, informing uh, the good old US of A, you know, we're the national show. Um, but when I'm not doing that, and sometimes even while I'm doing that, you better believe I'm checking my fantasy lineups. And it is the most wonderful time of the year. It's the reason you had me on the show. I know it mm-hmm. is. Because it is fantasy championship week. Whoever is listening, I hope that you playing in a championship game this week or if you're playing uh in a game to avoid the punishment i hope that goes well for you i'm here to help and do my absolute best i'm thankful to be in a championship game in our league yeah you are the one that you and i are in yes the one that's the, the out of the five that i'm in that is the one where i thought to no fault of my own because i thought i drafted pretty well but it turned out not I think I had all of two, maybe three wins in that league. Uh, it was a horrible, horrible year. The, the wrong year to pick Mahomes and Kelsey, but that is beyond the point. I am A-OK with eating crow in that league for a year. I'm happy. I hope you win the, the championship in this league. Um, I totally forgot who you're playing in this let me so let me look because uh, I know all of the teams in this league. I I wonder if you were playing. Let's see. You were playing uh, my, my oh G, all right so my cousin, Do, my cousin Donovan who beat me in my family league. We were discussing this off air right before we got on Austin. Um. He won the championship in my family league, so he might go two for two in championship games. I hope you beat him. No, I hope you. But beat not, him. not if I have anything to say about it. You know, because he beat I me. Mean, Donovan, I love you, but like, I'm sorry, you beat me. So I need, I need Austin to to get my revenge on that end. I know I'm doing it for you. It's even more personal. I was like, listen, you you can't call me Mr. Roto and put me in a fantasy league. Like I have to win this. I mean, yeah. I'm Mr. Roto. Yeah, <laughs> this is my thing. So speaking of the waiver wire, if you're in a league that doesn't allow fantasy uh, fantasy pickups in the playoffs, get out of that league now, because I know that there are leagues that that are like that. Um, who is your number one most must pick up with your with your number one waiver claim for championship week? Uh, you know, well, it is championship week, so waiver. Waivers are never more important, but also come week 17, uh, waivers are never more thin. The waiver wire is never thinner than it is in week 17. It's picked clean, um, and you really need to kind of go through some scraps to find your guys. Now, I'm going to go come right out and say it. If you're listening and you're hoping that there's like that running back answer for you, I don't think it's there. I don't think at this point there's any running backs on the waiver wire that I would trust to bring me to fantasy championship gold. I know a lot of people are running to pick up uh, DeRay Ogunbowale out of Jacksonville now that James Robinson is gone, but it's still James Rob. It's still Jacksonville, and he's still the number two back. So I don't think he's going to 
I could be wrong, but I don't think he's going to give the production that you're expecting out of the number one back, in, especially in Jacksonville. Because if James Robinson couldn't, I don't think Dare can either. Some people are going towards Amir Abdullah. He's getting more snaps. A lot of risk I'm willing to take in uh, Week 17 Championship Week. I think if you want some good waiver wire pickups, you got it's got to be in the wide receiver territory. It's got to be someone you're willing to flex. This person should be owned in most leagues if you're paying attention, but in the off chance he isn't, go out and get K.J. Osborne. Uh, he goes ballistic every time Adam Thielen sits for the Vikings. Adam Thielen, of course, placed on season-ending IR today. K.J. Osborne is an amazing pickup. You know Justin Jefferson is getting number one coverage, so it's all going to be going K.J. Osborne's way. He's a popular pickup. Another wide receiver that I absolutely love is Josh Reynolds. Now, I picked up Josh Reynolds Thanksgiving week after he was picked up off waivers by Detroit. And I know what you're thinking. Detroit, that's gross. Jared Goff, yuck, terrible offense. But a lot like in your personal life and in your professional life, sometimes just about who you know. Look, I know Detroit sucks, but Josh Reynolds, former Ram. Former Ram, his quarterback, Jared Goff. And Jared Goff even said, as soon as Josh Reynolds got there, it felt like the wide receiver core just sort of took shape and had some, um, had some, what's the word? Cohesion. Thank you. Had some cohesion that he was looking for. And Josh Reynolds instantly saw a massive target share. Jared Goff missed last week with COVID, like half the league. He's back this week. I think if you're desperate for a flex, Josh Reynolds might just give you the production you're looking for. You wouldn't go the Amon Ross St. Brown route if you're going to go Detroit wide receiver? I like Amon Ross St. Brown. I think he's great. Um, I just love the, the chemistry that Josh Reynolds has with I Jared it. Goff. Um, but, yeah, I feel like Amon Ross St. Brown is either hot or cold. He's a boomer bust, and I like to avoid boomer bust, especially in championship week. Moving to your fantasy MVP, and we were talking about this off air a little bit. Um, I'm going to give both of mine at the tail end of this podcast. I will tease my, uh, my must pick up. He plays for the Arizona Cardinals. That's all I will say about my, uh, my must pick up for, for your championship week. For your fantasy MVP, uh, I'm not going to spoil that one. I'm going to I'm going to leave that for the tail for the tail end of the podcast. But Austin, for you, who is your 2021 fantasy MVP? I mean, I hate to you know be basic about it and, and kind of just not original, but it has to be Cooper Cup, right? I mean, this guy was an absolute machine, a statistical uh, historic season in terms of the stats he was putting up. Look, the best trait of any player in fantasy that you can ask for is consistency. And no one was more consistent than Cooper Cup. And he only got better when Robert Woods went down with an ACL because, you know, you think he's going to get more of that number one coverage. Dude, I mean, Cooper Cup, an absolute machine. Now, other than Cooper Cup, uh, to the rookie, Jonathan Taylor. Now, do I think he is the MVP if Derrick Henry is healthy? Probably not. He's probably number three on that list. But Derrick Henry went out midseason. Jonathan Taylor, incredible. And – I was completely wrong about Jonathan Taylor because uh, one, he was a rookie. And two, I think it's the Colts. I don't want to touch that offense. I don't want, you know, I'm not <laughs> going to put my number one running back in the fate of uh, the Colts running back. But uh, dude, Jonathan Taylor, mean runner, fun to watch. Watch that jet game on Thursday night. I was oh. like counting the points in my head. I couldn't get enough. Oh, that one for me specifically. One, I was right about 90% of the running backs this year because I didn't like any of them. I had none of them. I, I, I was like, I don't want to pick a running back until late. And I did for majority of my leagues. I got Jonathan Taylor wrong as well. And I, I think a lot of people did. Um, I like both of your picks. I do. Uh, Cooper cup was, my number one pick in my dynasty league a couple of years ago. And I couldn't be happier. Wow. That's a good, it's a good force. Owning him this year in two leagues. And he did wonders for me. He single-handedly got me in the playoffs in both of those leagues. I, I will say if there were two more, uh, two more awards to give out, it would be waiver wire pickup of the year. And I guess like underrated player of the year, someone that like 
it was so good all year, but you didn't hear about a lot. I'll say right now, since you know, I, I, I'm not. This isn't my podcast, so there's no tea. Go ahead. Say it right no, now. go ahead. The waiver wire pickup of the year, hands down, is Cordero Patterson. Yes, uh, absolutely. I picked this man up in week one, thinking oh, that's funny. He can play multiple positions. I'll probably drop him in a week or two. Nope, still on my still still on my roster. Guaranteed touchdown. You know the the classic year nine breakout. You love to see it. Yep. Um, I've been asking a lot of people though. People are going to draft him next year, but in what round? I would probably say he goes third round, set late second, see, like, early third. That's psychotic to me. Like I'm not. I, I'm not going to touch Cordell Patterson until like round five. No, but you know someone's gonna go out. Somebody's gonna be like, "Oh, yeah, Cordell Patterson," and the in the early like mid. Yeah, he early, was hot last year. Right, early to mid third round, and they're gonna go, "Thank you," and take him way too early. Probably say thank you, uh, <laughs> and 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 take someone else. And I'll say underrated player of the year that was from what I saw solid all year, but like doesn't get a lot of love. Brandon Cooks. Uh, I think coming into the year, a lot of people were kind of out on Brandon Cooks. Me, me. I was, I was one but, of those people. I mean, and I, I understand. I mean, he, you know, he gets knocked out every other game, but you know, he, and he was in Houston. Who was throwing him the ball? But God, I mean, the, the first few weeks without Tyrod Taylor were brutal. But he got that chemistry down with Davis Mills, and he came back as as the wide receiver one. And he was consistent all year. Um, so Brandon Cooks, a pleasant surprise for a lot of owners. I didn't draft him anywhere, but I noticed. I will say really quickly, and I'm not gonna I'm we're only gonna do this for, for you, Austin, because you you thought of it, the waiver wire pickup and the um the underrated player of the year. My waiver wire pickup of the year is Dawson Knox. I just think Oh so good. The the month to six week output that he had in the middle of the year. That just you scoop him up on a whim because he blew he blew up one week. He especially with you know the lack like if you drafted Kelsey or Darren Waller and they just didn't do anything for you the entire year. Getting something in a Knox was absolutely fantastic, and I reaped the benefits in one of my leagues. He's one of the reasons why I salvaged one of my leagues and didn't you know go winless. Yeah. Also, shout out to speaking of tight end, he, he deserves a mention as an MVP on the short list. Mark Andrews. Yeah. Uh, 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 he, again, just someone who produced no matter who was throwing on the football. I'd feel remiss if I didn't mention him at least once. I would say for underrated player of the year, I'm going to go. I'm going to go one of your old one of your old guys and one of our best shows on the radio. Odell Beckham Jr. I'm going to go under now. Yeah. Because once he got to the Rams every week but one week he has a touchdown. Every Turns out single... it was Baker's fault. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. So I I'm going to go dark horse. I was thinking of a couple people honorary mentions Elijah Moore. That's more of a homer pick, but he was great. Homer pick, yeah, but he was he was awesome. You cannot lie, he was great. When he was hot, he was hot. He was great. And um, my other one that I was thinking of is a uh, is Matson from Minnesota, who was oh Alexander Madison. Yeah, or Madison. I always call him Matson for some reason. But this has been the status quo for years, and it's, it's honestly amazing because I don't think on any other team except maybe the Cowboys can you bank on, like, oh, the starter is out, then, the, like, the backup is getting 20. Like, uh, there's not many backups in the NFL that are walking 20 points, and Tony Pollard is one, and uh, Alexander Madison is the other. So, yeah, Alexander Madison, always a great bench dash because you know that Dalvin Cook is missing at least one game every year. And Ezekiel Elliott should have missed like four. But the point is, it's always yeah. good to have those guys on your bench. Also, I'll throw one more in there because I picked him up really early and he, he just popped off for me is Chuba Hubbard from Carolina, who 
Solid. Man. He's been solid all all year. All year he was solid. And where now? Do you do you if you have the number one pick? Well, I'll say right now, if I have the number one pick next year, I will absolutely draft Eric Henry again. I drafted him this year, and yes, my team did sink after his injury. But you know what? That's an injury, and you can't control those. His output was exactly what we expected it to be. He never slowed down, and you know anyone could get hurt at any time. So there's no point in trying to avoid that. Unless it's like Saquon, who has no offensive line. Um, so, yeah, if, if someone puts Jonathan Taylor and Derrick Henry in front of me, I'm probably going to draft Derrick Henry again. I will save that because I, I have a juicy segment in the, in the second half for the four horsemen guys um, on Derrick Henry, Henry specifically. So I will save my, my Henry take. But uh, to tease it, I, I think I'm with you. I'm, I think I'm with you in, in that just because of how incredible he's been. Um, Put it this way, man. Week 15, I'm pretty like week what? He was still the leading rusher. I think it was week, <laughs> yeah, week four, like 13, 14, maybe week 15. He was still the leading rusher and he was hurt. <laughs> Come on. It, he, was in, he was incredible. Absolutely sensational. Yeah. Austin, this was so much fun. Uh, uh, best of luck this week in our league. Best of luck to all of our listeners in their championship games. I hope you win. And uh, with the NBA season continuing, uh, hopefully, you know, they, it, it seems like it's 2011 again with everybody who's, you know, back in the league. I'm looking at you, Brandon Knight, um, getting buckets from Dallas. <laughs> Greg, yeah, Greg Monroe, too, who's uh, – he, he made a signing in the next game again for the Timberwolves last night. So, uh, also – I I will make a an on air apology to you and the rest of of the Derrick Rose fan club. Um, get well soon to 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 the 2011 MVP. Speaking of deservedly so, <laughs> I'm dying on that hill. That's a, that's a, that is a podcast that we can't get into right now. I'm dying on that hill. One day we will. One day uh, we will. As the uh, as the NBA season rolls along. I'll definitely have you on and we will talk our teams, Knicks and Nets and shop it up about the rest of the league. But until then, if I don't talk to you until the new year, happy new year and uh, stay safe, buddy. Thanks for having me. Best of luck, fantasy players. You know, a lot can happen in seven minutes and luckily that's how long it takes me to tell a story. My name is Aaron Calafato and I'm the creator of seven minute stories. I'm proud to partner with Evergreen Podcasts, and I'd like to invite you to join me on this journey. I'm going to take you on some crazy roller coaster rides using my unique extemporaneous storytelling style, and together, we're going to try to make sense of the world, all through the art of storytelling, and all in approximately seven minutes. Joining me for the second half of this podcast is two legs of the Fantasy of Four Horsemen podcast. You can find <laughs> it on YouTube. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, Thank yeah, Kazuntite. <clears throat> they've been on the show before, Gil Benhamo and Jack Hopkins. Boys, we, we can make all the jokes we want about the, the other two that, that uh, complete your foursome. Nick is working, so no harm, no foul on his part. But Carlos, you owe me a podcast, buddy. You, you owe, I'm calling you out right on record right now. You owe me a podcast. I, I know you're a busy man, but you owe me one. He'll find out. He'll find out. He owed himself some sleep is what, what I'm that's, guessing happened. That's true. He's probably just had a long day. That's true. Getting right into things here and jumping into it. Uh, just to be completely transparent, in the league that I'm in with you both, also Carlos and, and Nick, Nick beat me. So Nick is not here to defend himself and gloat about just absolutely ripping me a new one last week. COVID kind of helped him out there a little bit, but I'm not going to get too salty about it. It is what it is. He's in the championship against Go Figure Carlos, who beat Jack. Um, so on that realm, and the, this is all fantasy today, getting in the championship week, 
I am not in any championship game in any of my leagues. So that's Welcome to the club. Um, but who is your most most pickup for for championship week? Absolutely have to be your number one waiver claim. Uh, Gil, you can go first. There's a couple. If you didn't handcuff Sony Michelle at this point, you're kind of you've kind of fell it off. Like this has to be a must have now. Despite Cam Akers being on the return, he's going to be the lead back. He's been the lead back at this point, uh, up until this point. Daryl Henderson is out with injury, and there was a state where he had COVID. So if you didn't pick up Sony Michelle already, this is now your time to pick up Sony Michelle. This is it's so so simple. All the all the it points all in the right direction. They're going to play the Ravens this week, and. It speaks for itself. Everything you need is right there. They're playing basically a practice squad of a defense with the Ravens. And you got a lead back. You get a lead back in a good offense. It's so simple. Just with the way that they throw the ball and Cooper Cup is always, he's going to get 20 easily. He can wake up and get 20 fantasy points. And his, uh, he could do it in the middle of the night. Plus Odell with his resurgence and him catching a touchdown, I think every week since he's been active, or almost every week except for one, since he's been active on the Rams. I just, any Rams running back this year, I am staying away, but that's just me. Jack? It's proper, it's, it's proper to fade, though. Like, I would, see, I would understand what you mean. Um, but once he came into the limelight, uh, with Henderson coming out, he's been hitting like 20 points. He's been fluctuating between 20 and then like 13 and then back to 20. I think he's going and he's going to finish off on a high note. So I would see why we'll not. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Jack? My, my, my only qualm with it is that I think Cam Akers is going to be active. And we don't know what capacity we're going to see Cam Akers in. Can I just say what an incredible story it is that he has come Absolutely. back from an Achilles tear five months later. Like, that is just completely unheard of. He has just oh, yeah. created a new line of medicine somewhere along there. Um, so I just think that's incredible. And that would be my only worry, because they're not going to bring him back unless he's 100% healthy and ready to go. Now, I don't think they're going to give him a full workload. It might be a 70-30 split. But I think when Sonny Michel has thrived, has been when he has pretty much been the only guy there. And I do kind of worry about that but i i also think this is a smash play anyway like that matchup anyway um you know the rams are favored so i like seeing that um for me a, a big pickup this week which i never thought i'd be saying at all because we're talking about the philadelphia eagles here but miles sanders isn't playing and the washington football team aren't the team like they don't have the front that they had last year they you know there's no chase young they had a little resurgence middle of the season but i think boston scott could be a really good play this week if you just plug him and play him. Now, I, I would be terrified to do it, um, just to touch on it as well. I was in three semifinals in my three leagues and I lost all three. So I'm not feeling too great about fantasy football right now. Um, but if I was in the championship week and I had lost a couple of guys, um, I think Boston Scott is a guy that you can just plug in and play. Um, another guy, this is just going to be like a complete shot in the dark. I really like Trey Lance against Houston as a QB stream. If you've lost a QB, and you're scared of a matchup. I love his rushing upside. Like, I think he's going to be awesome in that sense. And I think that he is a guy who you can plug in and play as well. Although that would be like the ballsiest move ever. Like, I feel like you could say like, I won my league starting Trey Lance after he hadn't played a game since like week five or something. Um, I think that would be really cool to say. Um, I don't know whether I would do it a championship week, but since I'm in a couple of like, um, I'm in a couple of like third place playoffs, I might plug him and play him just to say like, whatever like go in and do it like i'm actually terrified of playing kyler like kyler has looked bad without dr and i just think it would just be hilarious to play try lance over kyler and actually it worked so um those are those are a couple of guys i'm i'm kind of looking at that's interesting very interesting uh the trey lance i would not just like cam Akers or uh, cam Akers, um sony michelle I wouldn't touch with a 10-foot pole. I like the Boston Scott because I'm a Boston Scott fanboy. I love Boston Scott. And I love what he can do. And I love that he's like 5'6 and is just a beast. I can't believe that I'm saying this because 
if you know anything about guys that I hate that have wronged me to no end in fantasy mm-hmm. football, but I'm going to rectify it. I'm going to actually, my number one pickup is AJ Green. He is available in a lot of leagues. He's available in every single league that I'm in. AJ Green. I can't believe I'm saying this in 2021 after back-to-back years in 14 and 15 where he just wronged me to no end and didn't play. And when he did play, got like four points. But he's now Kyler's number one target. And they're going – that Dallas defense, as crazy as it looked, on Sunday Night Football against Washington. They're susceptible to big plays, and that's what Kyler loves to do. He loves to hit the home run, and I just think that you're going to get an all-time A.J. Green performance because where they can line him up, what they can do to him, the play action. I don't even think it matters if if James Conner plays the play action against that front. It's kind of like what – I'll go back to week one. It's, I, I have a feeling what A.J. Green can do is kind of what um, Godwin did week one against that Dallas team where he's just going to go off. And I, I, I don't know why I'm thinking it, but A.J. Green, just because I, I just checked. Every single league except for the keeper league that I'm in, he is available. So – and that's that's across ESPN, fantasy, uh, ESPN, Yahoo, and CBS. All three leagues, on three different platforms, he's available. Pick him up. So, that's, I have a question for you, Joe. Go ahead. If Christian Kirk was available, would you play Christian Kirk over him? I was thinking the exact same thing. Trayvon Day had this argument about a couple of weeks ago. Not an argument. Well, actually, me and Gil argue all the time. But we had yeah. this uh, discussion, at least, that um, I said I liked AJ Green that week. Gil said Christian Kirk. And we didn't talk about it in the next podcast because I didn't bring it up because Gil was right. It was Christian Kirk that week. Um, I think Christian Kirk has a, a lot more big playability. That would be mm-hmm. my thing. You know, like, you know, Trayvon Diggs has been great. He's 11 or 12 interceptions. We talk about this a lot. He also is giving up like 100 yards a game to, to receivers that he's guarding. And I think Christian Kirk has a huge, big playability where he could just have two catches for two touchdowns, like 100 yards or something. That that would be my only thing with this. I just, for me, Kirk is good for one or two big plays. He's not a he's not a volume guy. He, you're not going to look at his stat line and go, oh, he had eight catches for 115 yards. He's the classic four for 89 and maybe a touchdown guy. And that's great for a championship week, but I just have a feeling that AJ Green's going to get targeted a shit ton and might have, you know, eight for 120 and a touchdown. With my stinking luck, I picked up AJ Green for a week and it did nothing. Because, (laughs) and then I picked up Kirk the following week. And I think this was the year, the week they lost the Lions. Um, Great week. And he had a fantastic week. I didn't play him and I lost and then I subsequently took me out of the playoffs, but I had him. Um, Cardinal rule that you broke my number one Cardinal rule. If you pick up a guy, you got to play him, you play him. It's a chess move. Cause if you don't, if you do pick him, if you don't pick him up, somebody else might have him. Right. But But I do also want to give an honorable mention because we didn't, we didn't bring up this name. More importantly, Amon Ross St. Brown is the real deal. Did Um, you steal him away from me? That wasn't me, was it? I think somebody else picked him up. I, ha- I he was my number. He was my uh, number one waiver claim. Yeah, I'm on Ross St. Brown. Two weeks ago, and I didn't get him. I picked. Uh, it was him and Col- and Cole Clement. And I, I I can't. I'm crying over spilled milk. Nobody fucking cares about, uh, you know, the, the, people only care about uh, about their own fantasy teams. Nobody actually cares about somebody else's. So I just ah oh, man like. He's awesome. As soon as Hawkinson went out with injury, he's been balling. He's awesome. He's yeah. great. I think he's gonna go in like round seven or eight next year. He'll he'll be a good he'll be a decent uh wide receiver. Yeah, wide receiver three that people will be picking up and he has upside. He'll be a great flex seen. option for, for yeah. next year, especially if they either stick with the golf or get a better quarterback, I, which I don't think I they can so. do immediately. Yeah. 
I also want to mention that I did play Jay Green in my quarterfinal and one of my matchups. Um, he got the 10.6 full PPR points, which was just fine because Terry McLaurin was not even doing that. So I was really, on. If, you, if people that are listen, no. that have listened to Jack and okay, I's podcast, sorry. I didn't mean but to have seen, have heard me mouth off on the Washington football team. We just but don't bring them up. We don't bring them we're up. We're not talking. We're not talking about the Washington football team no more. He's on. They're on the banned list. Yeah, yeah, they are. Let's, we're let's talk about the Washington football team. That's funny because I I love me some uh some Taylor Heineke. <laughs> I don't. I streamed him a couple I, of times. I don't. I don't. But go on. Just to be completely transparent here, as we were going through the first segment here, Carlos woke up. So whether or not he actually <laughs> joins the uh, the link that I sent him, that will be remain to be seen. So stay tuned for that. Hey, kids, are those ancient records getting tiring in these troubled times? Finally time to get your ass off the couch and make something of yourself? Well, of course not, because there's yet another podcast you'll be recommended and not actually listen to. Put on your fun hats. We're on our way. You're damn right. All jokes aside, if you're a fan of the Grind Hours podcast with Joe Leo, you'll be right at home here. Want to know that the Ford Bronco is back? Guys, the Ford Bronco is back. Indeed, the Ford Bronco is back. Alongside those pressing news snippets, you'll get complaints about the Wilpons, Bobby Vanilla, and the New York Mets, as well as riveting life advice from the resident love swami, Nicholas J. Paradis. I saw condoms in my son's plastic bag when we arrived at the house. Two packs with 36 each. Jesus Christ, dude. Subscribe at your local podcast depository, be it Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or Google Podcasts. New episodes are posted weekly every Friday. For our weekly advice segment, please send us a message over at anchor.fm slash children's programming pod. We always look forward to hearing from you. But getting to the B block here, your fantasy MVP. I will go first just because I think I have a guy that I love that I was actually not high on at all, but I, he just fell to me in the, in the draft order in one of the leagues that I'm in. And he carried me for majority of the year, and that is Derrick Henry. He's my fantasy MVP. So much so, and, and I think I'm validated here, that it took until week 13, 14 for Jonathan Taylor to overtake the, the rushing lead from him. That's how he big got injured of a week lead. eight. Is that correct? Yeah. Yes. Week eight. And he still had the rushing lead mm-hmm. until I think week 13. So that's how top far five. ahead he was a, a, above everybody else. I, I'm not going to give. Gil, you will have probably my my guy, my the, you know the the obvious choice for everybody because he's just the darling. And I also had him in the same league that I had uh, Henry. But what Henry is able to do on any given week when he's healthy, I was hoping he was coming back for for playoff for fantasy playoffs because if he was. I think I would have won. I think I would have won the, the league that I'm in with that I had him because what he's able to do, I don't think anybody else in the league is able to do from a, from a fantasy perspective. I have a question here, uh, Joe. Um, I mean, Gil and the guys from the Four Horsemen podcast, we've discussed this a lot. Where would you draft him next year? What position? Just because. He's coming off an injury. I think I would drop him to three. If I if I had the number one pick and you know he has a he's full go, he's he's actually one hundred percent healthy. He may he might be my number one option. Like he is that he's shown that he's that good back to back years. So everything that everyone want to say wants to say about um, McCaffrey. McCaffrey's hurt. You know he's going to miss yeah. oh, at least a month. So, and, and Dalvin Cook for no, like, I know Cook's been put in protocol, but Dalvin Cook, that's been the MO on him too. He gets hurt. Henry, and the injury that he had, he played through it. It's not like he went out at halftime. He finished the game playing through the injury that he had. So he's just, he's a workhorse. He's a beast. 
He doesn't want to quit for anything. If he's fully healthy and I have the number one pick, it's not even like the, whatever the clock countdown that you have for your league, whether it's three minutes or a minute, I'm not, your negative time. <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm not even letting it get to 59. It's click. My MVP is the obvious. I wanted to say Austin Eckler so freaking bad because I love that man with my whole heart and I'm an absolute homer for the Chargers. But this my MVP, is great. Go, go continue, Gil. My MVP is yeah. the obvious Cooper Cup because wow. there's this man has been the top ranked player in all of fantasy. And Carlos, go on mute. Carlos, mute your mic, damn it. <laughs> right, guys, Carlos is really new to technology. He's 36. What'd you expect? Um, oh, back to what I was saying. Cooper Cup, my MVP. Jack. Joe, edit that all out. <laughs> oh, no. We'll, we'll, this, so, for transparency, there, there will be some edits for that. Uh, yeah. Carlos, it sounds like you're in a wind turbine. I don't know what the what what's going on with your mic. And my girlfriend walked in I during see this that. recording. So this is this podcast from the inception has just been off the rails. I'm here for it. Jack, who is your fantasy MVP? I also want to piggyback on the fact that like when you t- told me and Gil about this, we both just said Cooper Cup. Like it just is. And another another reason that he is the MVP is is it's a guy you drafted in the fourth round. And yeah. he is the best wide receiver um, by an absolute country mile. If you, if you don't don't mind me doing it quickly, I'm just going to get up my stats quickly here. But um, Cooper Cup is, um, which is absolutely mind-boggling. He is has, has like, he's 90 points ahead of the nearest wide receiver PPR. He's 90 points ahead of them, and if he scores 23 points then he's going to overtake the record set by fantasy points record set by Randy Moss. So in the 07 like season? Yes. Like he's just he's absolutely unstoppable. He's just he's just been absolutely incredible. He keeps doing it week in, week out. You're terrified to play against him. So Cooper Cup gotta be my fantasy MVP. But this is another guy that I think has just absolutely set the world on fire. And and Joe mentioned him as well, Jonathan Taylor. Now, this was a guy I didn't want to draft at all this season because there was Marlon Mack, there was Naheem Hines, there was just there was just question marks. And I think that when you go into a fantasy season and you're drafting your first player, you don't want to have question marks around him. You want him to be the main guy. And he was going at the back of the first. Some people, I know people who got like Jonathan Taylor and Eckler back to back. It just, it, it, it was incredible. Like, it's just like thinking about they're the one-two punch right now at the RB position. And they're two guys that have mostly, for the most part, stayed healthy. Now, he started the season. Jonathan Taylor had three finishes outside the top 10 as a running back. And then since then, he's finished inside the top 10 every single week. He had that 53-point, full PPR point week where he scored five touchdowns, one people, like, weeks just on his own. I, um, funny he, story about that. One of my yeah, best friends in the world who I'm in, uh, my longest running fantasy league with had Jonathan Taylor during and the 53 point performance, he still lost because he went up against Cooper Cup and Cooper Cup went off. And the guy that so I, that league's a two quarterback league, so that guy had Brady, my my best friend Dylan, Brady, and and uh Cup and beat out Taylor for the 53 point performance. So I, John, I'm sorry. That's a memory that you don't want to relive if you're listening to this podcast, but I, I have to mention it. And it just goes to show you that e- even if a guy like Taylor goes off for 53, you could still lose. You could win your league, but you could still lose. It's true. And what's funny is I actually almost won that week as well because I had Austin Eckler, who, if people don't realize, scored four touchdowns that week as well. At 41. Gil knows because Gil owns him in two leagues and so do I. <laughs> so so I lost that week on the Justin Herbert um, go-ahead touchdown to win the game for the Chargers against the Steelers because they beat the Steelers 41 to 39 or something. What was it, Gil? 45 to 41? It was some ridiculous score. It, um, was, like the Chargers. 41, it was like 42 to 38. Um, it was close because the Steelers made it close, and I hated that. Yeah, well, they haven't scored more than like 25 points all season, but somehow the Chargers gave up that much. So. I think Jonathan Taylor, he just but... finished outside the top 10 for the first time since week three this week. Um, 
which is not great because it's in your fantasy playoffs, but he's got a matchup against the Raiders this week who just give up so much to the run. I feel like he can put up a 30-point performance. And anyone who drafted Jonathan Taylor where they did, I, I'd love to see the statistic, but most of them are probably in the playoffs. Like, they, they have probably. to be. Like at least, yeah, I was going to say, Carlos, you have you have no Derrick Henry, no Cooper Cup, no Jonathan Taylor. Who's your fantasy MVP? So, no Cooper Cup, no Derrick Henry. And no Jonathan Taylor. Oh, that's awesome. You know, that, that'll that really leave me. You guys left a lot of meat on the bone for me. First of all, I, I will we, give you one right now if you don't have one. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. I, I got one. But before I get into it, uh, what other host in America is going to roll up an hour later with no pants? I don't even have my glasses on just to join you guys to talk fantasy football. If that's not dedication then I should just leave the Zoom right now. Like, uh, <laughs> let's not talk about the fact that I was late. You know, we're going to completely ignore that. Uh, this, I only want to, I only want to focus on the fact that I am here for you, Joe. I am here for you. I, uh, I how is it going, it. fellas? I appreciate that. I said at the beginning of the pod that you owe me one. Uh, I'm still, <laughs> I'm still sticking to that because you're, because you, because you came late. So you still owe me one, but. Getting into things, uh, you can pick if you want to pick Cooper Cup again. You can pick Cooper Cup because I'm sure you have him in the eight leagues that you're in. So I actually only have him in one, I I was in five leagues. I only have him in one league. And guess what? That is the league that I got into the championship with. Uh, I, uh, I easily dispatched uh, some guy from Wales. Uh, from twelve and two team. I can't think of. I can't think. Happen uh, to have Devontae Adams on his team, you know. Yeah, I don't, he, he's some nobody. Uh, I don't know uh, Hopkins. I think I, that was his name. Oh, it's Jack. Hey, Jack. My bad. <laughs> I didn't see. I didn't see you in there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no problem. Uh, no, but on a serious note, yeah. I, to me, Cooper Cup is certainly uh, someone that's going to be going in, in, a, in number one overall next year. Um, Jonathan Taylor is also an easy one. I'm going to throw another name out there that probably isn't as talked about. Uh, they don't, he doesn't have the fantasy production production of, you know, uh, a Jonathan Taylor or a Cooper cup because you know, just every, they're head and shoulders above everybody else. But Joe Mixon, Joe Mixon to me Ooh. has finally shown that he is worthy of first round status. Dare I say, maybe even top five status in, in terms of picks. Um, if you're looking at a PPR a standard league, a Yahoo, he has 246 points uh, this season. The only question with Joe Mixon coming out of college was other than beating women, which is you know, not condoning at all. I think that's abhorrent and certainly something we'll steer away from the rest of the show. Um, but with his health, health was a concern coming out of college. It, it was a little bit of a concern coming in the NFL because he had missed games in every season before this one. He's already shown you that he's been able to stay on the field and look at the production that he's able to do while he stays on the field. The only concern for me is that Joe Burrow has developed as a, as a quarterback and all his receivers are fantasy viable. Very interesting. I do agree that is interesting. I do like Mixon as a top-round pick. I dare say he might, depending on how the offseason plays out with certain people a la Devontae Adams, um, It'll it'll certainly affect where he's going to be placed if he goes to a good team. But the biggest thing for Mixon is he's finally on a well-coached team and a good offense. Jack, uh, we have an audience this week for our picks. And I want to bounce these picks off of Carlos and Gil. With the audience, uh, I will go first. This week, just because. Every week. Huh? I do not. You jackass. I do not. (laughs) Examining the picks before they come out. So my first pick, my first lock of the week this week is Miami plus three in Tennessee. I dig it. I sort of like it, too. I think this was my wild card pick. I, I, put I, it at the t- end. I hate the plus threes because you don't know. It's like the team that I want to win usually is the one that's favored, but I want the other team to cover, but it's hard to cover a three. So, but without winning. So with that said, I will, I will 
agree with that pick, Joe? There's one team in NFL history that has lost seven on the bounce in a season and won seven on the bounce in a season, and that's the Miami Dolphins. That's the so, um, that, that it's been it's been incredible to see their like rise from how bad they they were at the start of the season, going one and seven to going eight and seven. Uh, I think it's incredible, but I put this down as my wild card because the defense is a weapon. And you know, you guys watched that Tennessee game on prime time like last Thursday. And they didn't look good at the start of that game. It took them a while to get going. And I think that it's going to be hard for them to get going against that Miami defense. So I also have this down. This was my last one because I had it as a bit of a wild card, like a tough one where I don't know whether I'd definitely bet on it, but it's one that I like a lot. Like I like Miami winning. All right. Your next pick. Um, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be, which actually Joe can vouch for me here. I'm not normally a homer, but um, Falcons plus 14. At oh, you're not I a think... homer. Mm. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> Wait, what's, that, what's, the, what's the pick? I didn't hear it correctly. Falcons plus 14 at Buffalo. I don't think that the Buffalo are going to win by more than three scores. Oh, um, right. I think Buffalo are going to win the game. No problem. I just think that the Falcons are seven and eight. The Vikings are seven and eight. The 49ers are eight and seven. Like they, they're not as bad. I keep saying this a lot this season. The Falcons quite often cover the spread when they're underdogs. They, ah. they often do it. Gil, you're the biggest homer here, okay? So it, he's not wrong. Jack. For a team, he's not for a wrong, team that you started supporting like, this season, okay? So I, we're gonna I, we're gonna talk I about don't the Falcons like a little the, bit. I'm just so not they high hold on their own. that at all. Absolutely. They should I, hold the, I think they should hold their own. I don't think they're gonna win the game. Jack, I will say this. You are not usually a homer. This is the wrong week to be a homer because Agreed. it's a it's an out, uh, indoor team going outdoors. And I know you can say whatever the hell you want about that, but it's Buffalo in early January. They're not, they're going to wish that they were down in Atlanta for this game. That's the only reason why. They still might cover. It might be a 10 point game, but I'm just staying away. It's funny enough that for my next pick, as we're running low on time here, my next pick is the Giants plus six in Chicago against. Carlos's Bears. Ugh. Jack, you Not said before everybody got in here that I'm a weird Giants apologist. I just, if Justin Fields doesn't play, I am betting the house against the, the Bears just because Andy Dalton is horrible. Yes, are Mike Glennon and Jake Fromm probably equally as horrible? Yeah, but I like the weapons around. Glennon or from more, and I like the defense better than I like uh, Chicago's defense. All right, guys, I got to jump all over this. I'm foaming at the mouth because you know this is my team. <laughs> all right, I take exception to the fact that you think the Bears are my team. They're not, despite the fact that I'm from Chicago. Everybody knows I am a giant homer, but I am not an apologist. I have been slamming the Giants for two to three months. I think it's the most embarrassing, abysmal, disgusting offense I've ever seen put onto a field. It, I can't, it's not an offense. It's, it's offensive for anyone to watch it. There is no shot. And I say this with absolutely all the confidence in the world. If I owned a million dollars, I'd put a million dollars that the bears will cover whatever the line is. The giants cannot score. I don't care who's under center. It's precisely because of who's under center in Glennon or in Fromm. Hell, even in Jones, they can't score. <laughs> Giants cannot score points. Why would anyone, anyone expect them to cover a number? They, they can't be, if, the, if they played the Jets and the Jaguars last week, they would have lost that game. They can't even do what Trevor Lawrence does and let's drive them down the field. I have no faith in the Giants offense. We've been saying for years that we like the weapons. Why? Why do we like the weapons? Engram drops to, uh, passes. Shepherds can't stay on the field. Ah, no, take the Bears. Take the Bears. That's my, okay. that's my last end. So take three for this because we ran out of time on the, first, on the second uh, Zoom call. But, Jack, when we left, I have Miami plus three. So do you. I have... The Giants plus six against Carlos as well. And Jack, who do you and have? Falcons are plus 14. You yeah. Have and Falcons then plus 14. And then who's your third pick? My, my third pick is, is a team. Much like I told you in week 15, a team 
beat another team by 10 points. And then they're playing each other again this week. And now the spread is is three and a half. So I don't get it. So the Eagles are three and a half point favorites over the Washington football team. I don't really understand. Like the Washington football team, I know they've got a couple of pieces back. They had some guys out with COVID. But I just don't think they look good right now. The Eagles are on a tear at the moment. I just think this is quite an easy pick for me. It is in Washington. That is the difference. I just think it's going to be, it's going to look similar to what the last game looked like. So I'm, I'm picking the Eagles there. I like it. I don't know if I would lock it in. I, I would, if I'm picking every game and I do pick every game, I would pick the Eagles here, but don't have enough confidence. My next pick, I think, will will shock everyone on this call and probably everybody in America. But I have the Arizona Cardinals plus five and a half in Dallas. I just I mentioned this with my mm. must pick up in AJ Green. I think this is going to be an old fashioned shootout. I think Kyler gets back on the wagon this week and just starts slinging for 250 yards, runs for over 100. The Dallas offense looks like the well-oiled machine that it is. I don't, I don't know why this is five and a half. I will take. I, I know that they have lost three consecutive games, and Dallas just, you know, beat the brakes off of Washington. And maybe there was a there was a joke on Twitter that I saw that you know Washington should rename themselves because they look nothing like a football team, um, which is fantastic. Shout out to Cousin Sal of uh, Jimmy Kimmel's podcast or Jimmy Kimmel show for that one. But Arizona up until three weeks ago was the best team in the league record wise. And I would probably think, you know, as a team as a whole, they were the best team in the league. This one just seems like it's way too close. It's whoever has ball last wins. So my my last pick is, again, this one was a little peculiar to me as well especially after this last week is the LA Rams minus three and a half at Baltimore I realize I picked all away teams again but like Baltimore like they hadn't scored more than tw- like 20 points I think once over the last seven weeks they just got absolutely trounced by Joe, Joe Burrow and the Bengals by 20 points the Rams are at full strength you know Lamar I don't know if he's going to play. Like it, right now, it's up in question. John Harbaugh was saying he's hoping you're going to have him back for today's practice. Can I, one thing, at one point, I will make, which we talked about fantasy MVPs earlier, but Mark Andrews, this is per Carl Yates on uh, Twitter, but Mark Andrews over the past three games has 29 receptions for 376 receiving yards and four touchdowns. Oh, yeah, he's, like he, he's, he's winning people leagues as well right now, which is incredible. It looks like Travis Kelsey's not going to be the tight end one for the first time in five years. Um, because he missed this last week. So um, I, I, I really like Mark Andrews, but I just think that I just think the Rams like, are going to come to like They're in like playoff mode right now. They, they're, they're going for that number one seed and they know what they need to do. And I think that they're going to just easily dispatch off the, you know, the, the potential Tyler Huntley, um, Baltimore Ravens. And even if Lamar's back, I still think I'd take the, the Rams at minus three and a half. My last pick. Again, I think people will think I'm absolutely off my rocker because I have basically no basis for this pick, Uh, basically, other than this team is playing for their, their playoff lives this year or this week, and it is against a division opponent, and it's a primetime game. It is the Pittsburgh Steelers at home plus the three and a half. I have no idea why Baker Mayfield and the Lowly Browns are getting three and a half points on the road. Yes, I know they let it come back. They almost let it come back after Baker threw four interceptions, but he threw four interceptions. I know that Pittsburgh got undressed by Kansas City, but it is, uh, this is a game, like I said to you a couple of weeks ago, Jack, this is a game that Pittsburgh always seems to win when they need to win a home game. When they're on, when it's on the line for them, they always win. And this is a a pick against Mike Tom, a pick for Mike Tomlin, a pick for that defense that's still really, really good, even though they're banged up with injuries and COVID. I, I just can't. I know Big Ben is. This is beating a dead horse because Big Ben is literally a dead horse. He's weekends at Bernie's at this point. It's, it's, breaking, it's a broken record, but 
Big Ben owns the Cleveland Browns, whether in Cleveland or in Pittsburgh. And I have no idea why they're, I think this is too much reading into last week because, and I will say that it's fool's goal for the, for this reason. Kansas city's playing really well right now and Pittsburgh, no kidding. They're going to lose that game. They were down a lot of players, big Ben in that environment. Yeah. All, but he's home now and he's going up against a team that he owns and they need to win this week. So long winded answer, but to round out all dogs this week, give me uh, give me Pittsburgh against the dog pound in the big ketchup bottle. I hate the Steelers, but I think it's a great pick. They deliver in AMC North Kids. These are the most violent, brutal NFL games you will see in your life. And they deliver. Mike Tomlin knows what he's doing. I hate it. They always <laughs> deliver. You know what I hate? I hate the pick. I absolutely think I I, I hate it. Ben Roethlisberger is not, how do I put this politely? He's cooked. He's finished. The Ben Roethlisberger era is over. It's been over for a couple weeks, but it's, it it officially died on Sunday to me. Uh, Great career. I think we can start writing the memoirs now. Let's start the five-year countdown for the hall of fame. Uh, Let's get him in about five years from Sunday because I, I don't know why he's still playing uh, for the rest of the season. I, I like the Steelers as well, but that's okay. just me. I got, okay. I've got to shoot, Joe. Sorry. That's fine. Right before you go, I'm just going to review all the review the four picks for each of us this week. We both have Miami plus the three in Tennessee. I have the Giants in Chicago plus the six. You have Atlanta, your team, in Buffalo plus the 14. I have Arizona in Dallas plus the five and a half. You have the Rams in Baltimore minus the three and a half. I have Pittsburgh on Monday Night Football plus three and a half. And you have Philadelphia in Washington in the worst stadium in the league minus the three and a half. Best of luck to us. Best of luck to everybody in their championship league. If they're in the championship for their fantasy league, uh, uh, Jack, because you got to go first, promote your stuff, and then you can leave, and then I will follow uh, soon. Well, Joe always, cohorts. Joe always tags me on Twitter. I'm at Jack Hopkins1, and we are the four horsemen of fantasy with the number four on Instagram and YouTube. So go check us out. Peace, boys. Bye, Later, Jack. Later. Carlos, Bye. since it landed on you next, promote your stuff, and uh, we'll end the show with, uh, with Gail. Yeah, once again, thanks for having me and thanks for having us. Uh, as Jack said, Four Horsemen of Fantasy with the number four on our YouTube page and Instagram. Uh, you can follow me personally at Carlos with a K on Twitter, as well as Real Carlos with a K on Instagram and Carlos and the Carlos with a K Show podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. My man, Gil. I'll, uh, I'll shoot an extra plug for our missing boy. But yes, follow us on... Uh... Follow us on Instagram and on subscribe on YouTube. The number four, the number four, because I mess it up like every other time. <laughs> four horsemen of fantasy on Instagram. Please give us a follow. Greatly appreciated. We'd love to talk with anybody whenever we get the chance. Subscribe to us on YouTube. Follow me personally on Instagram. That's usually where I like to get most of my flack out of there. Uh, G-E-E-B-E-E-418, G-B-418. And follow our boy, Nick Romeo. Give that man some love. N.Romeo97 on Instagram. I don't usually – I don't use Twitter that often, but I should really get back into it. That My handle on my Twitter is uh, the same as my Instagram, G-E-E-B-E-418. Um, but, yeah, give us a follow. Show us some love. Subscribe to us on YouTube. We'll probably be on Spotify sooner or later. But definitely, definitely talk with me. I love not shutting up. <laughs> I'm surprised Nick's uh, you know, handle is in all my homies hate Jonathan Taylor. It will be. It will be. That's his, that should be his uh, all his fantasy team's name next year is is a, just anti Jonathan Taylor. But boys, it's been a hell of a day recording with 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 all of you. And I will talk to you guys soon. If I don't talk to you before the new year. Happy New Year to you guys. Dude. This is the last podcast before the new year. So happy new year to all the listeners. And uh, we will see you in the new year. On this side of the coin, at the pick Jay Leo on Twitter, jdatasports.blogspot.com, and of course, this podcast. If you've reached this point, please like, subscribe, share this podcast to anybody who you seem fit 
download the show, it means more to the show than you know. Long, long couple of days. Um, I will get more into that on Tuesday's podcast in the new year. But I hope you like the long one. It was a crazy, crazy day recording it. And it's been crazier trying to edit it. Um, Hope you enjoy it. Hope everyone is staying safe in these ridiculous times with COVID. I hate using that word because of where it puts me mentally with the pandemic, but hope everyone is staying safe and staying healthy. Happy New Year for the millionth time. Happy New Year. Happy 2022. This podcast will see you in 2022, bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. A lot of interesting things planned for the new year. And until then, it's closing time. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. Cheers and peace.